Because last week we never had podcast. Last week we went on on hiatus. I don't know some fancy holly word hiatus. What is it? I don't know. They said they said, bro. You know when you're not there, you just when you come back, you gotta tell them you's on hiatus. I, I'm like, what is hiatus? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> bro, we're not even. Don't go there. Do not go there, bro. All right. So uh, we'd like to thank all the people, especially the last two countries that joined us: Switzerland and Spain. Because Switzerland wasn't with us, right? Uh, they just came on. Spain, they kind of go off and on, you know. Uh, in the last 24-hour period on the podcast, we had 6,842 people. And um, we'd like to uh, mahalo everybody. So when you guys listen to the podcast, now most of our listeners are outside Hawaii, the majority, okay? And in the United States, I can tell you that the breakdown is California, Texas, and Hawaii right now still, okay? It's been that way for a long time. I don't know. But a lot of people that listen to the podcast, they come back. They come back. They listen to the next one, you know. Uh, this one girl, this one lady DM'd me on Instagram and she said, Oh, Junior, we listen to the podcast. And I binge watch when, when I clean in house. <laughs> so she's binge watch. I mean, I mean uh, binge listen. Sorry. She, she get, you know, because you know binge watch, right? Netflix and you get the series, right? You go to like 42 episodes or whatever. Okay, so that's what she does. But she listens, right? So, yeah, I think she said binge listen. Uh, but I'm just familiar with the term binge watch. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so um, hey, Apple Podcast is the biggest. Okay, so we go worldwide on many, many platforms. Apple Podcast is 66%. Spotify, 16%. Um, is up from 14%. So, mahalo, Spotify. And uh, everybody else is like 10%. So, uh, Anchor is 5%. Mahalo. And our demographics is 23 to dead. Okay, and we get like I think we get two or three seventeen-year-olds from what they chose. I don't know about twenty-three to dead is our demographic. So mahalo, thank you very much. The strongest demographic is actually thirty-five to uh to sixty. Thirty-five to sixty. So the thirty-five-year-olds plus uh, that's our audience. So if you're thirty-five, welcome to the club. Thank you for thank you for coming. I'm Junior Keiko Eva Junior, and you know today's podcast. I'm gonna tell you guys. Because, you know, we talk about the law of attraction. That's what this podcast is. And this podcast also illustrates, like, my journey in the law of attraction. And not only that, but how, like, you know, because everything is the law of attraction. And people just aren't aware. Okay, but once you're aware of it, you can work it to your advantage. You know, like, like when you go to church and you pray, right? Or when you sit down and you meditate, okay? Then you can understand God a little bit more, Right? Because you're praying, you're in that mind space, you're in that mindset, you know, you're meditating, you, you know, you become aware. God makes you aware, 
Okay, whatever you think God is, okay? Uh, this is not church. I'm not here to preach. I'm not here to tell you anything. But I'm here to tell you that inside of you is a force and a power, okay? That That is so awesome that when you discover this and how to use it, okay, when you can turn it on and off, because you do want to turn it off because you like sleep. <laughs> so, you know, I turn mine on. Now I, bro, I work, work, work. Sometimes I stay in my office. I forget about time. There's been many times I look, I look at the clock. It's like 8.30 at night. And then I'm jamming. I'm building. You know, I'm, I'm making calls. I'm sending emails. Our partners are overseas, right? So, you know, all this stuff is going on. Pretty soon I look up. I look at the clock. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh. You know, and I go, bro, time to put the mouse down. Right, but I've worked like this since 2010, 2010. Right, and the thing that is most important to me that that I communicate to you is that you can. A lot of people, you know, they they look at me and they they look at my age, right, and they go, "Oh, uncle, how come you doing all that kind of stuff?" <laughs> you know, and I go, "Well, cause it works, right? That's why I do it. I would not sit down and and throw stuff up on the wall." And nothing sticks to the wall. You see what I'm saying, Hoynes? So, so here's what you do, right? So nothing succeeds like failure. Nothing succeeds like failure. Okay? This guy I used to work with in radio. You know, he had them backwards, right? He used to say, nothing fails like success. And, and, and he said that because what he saw was he saw these guys succeed. You know, these overnight successes, okay? And let me tell you, an overnight success takes you years and years and years, okay? Uh, Bruno Mars, right? Overnight success. Yeah. No, no. We know we knew Bruno from Waikiki. We knew Bruno from when when he was young, right? He was no overnight success. He put his heart and soul into what he in what he did and what he does, right? And it paid off. And boom, there he was. Cause he went for the big time because he knew in himself, right? That that he wasn't gonna stop till he got there. And he got there. Okay, and there he is. Right. Okay. Now, that's just one example. And, you you know, Steve Jobs, all these guys, Tony Robbins, all these guys, when you listen to these guys, they will tell you, yep, I, I had I had them in my head, I had them in my head. I had this idea and I kept taking the steps and I refused to quit. Right. And that's how you get any place. Okay. So I refuse to quit. Now, a lot of people are only familiar with my entertainment journey. They're only familiar with my radio journey. They're only familiar, you know, with my 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 singing and, and that kind of stuff and my guitar playing and, you know, and then some people are aware of my teaching. I think more people now, got, you know, aware that, oh, he's actually a teacher. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, uh, my mom is a teacher. My dad is a teacher, right? You know, I'm a teacher. We're, we're all teachers, okay? And, uh, and my son is a teacher, okay? My son is a teacher. He was a drill sergeant. He was a drill sergeant in the army and it came natural for him. It came natural. So teaching is natural, right? Now, now my grandson, right? And they, I don't talk about this. Right? I know you guys go, what? You going, son? Whoa, you got a grandson? Uh, yeah, yes, yes. Okay, so my private life is very private, Hawaiians. And my public life is out there. <laughs> it's way out there. Okay, so, uh, but yeah, so, you know, I I don't, I haven't seen what my grandson going to do yet, right? Because he's young. Mm-hmm. He's still a teenager. Okay, but I can tell you that the, the teaching, so it goes right down the line. Boom, boom, boom. The genetics, okay? Now, we got some people, I mean, you know, people that are firemen, right? You know, oh, my grandfather was on firemen, and uh, you know, my father was on firemen, and, and uh, oh, I just went past the test. 
another one fireman. You see what I'm saying, Hines? Okay, so so this stuff goes out. You see, I, I used to see this commercial on TV. And this commercial on TV was about this guy who drove a milk truck for, for this local dairy in Hawaii called Meadow Gold. And he goes, oh, my grandfather was on truck driver for, he drove the milk truck. My father drove the milk truck and I drove the milk truck. And I was thinking, when I first saw the commercial, I was thinking in my mind, I was shaking my head going, no ambition. You see, you see what I'm saying? But no, I was wrong. I was wrong. Okay. This is what they did in their family. Okay. Because, okay, you are an expression of your parents. Okay, you're, you're an expression. So when I was a kid, my mother used to turn them around on me, right? And because this is how it was presented to her. She goes, you know, you're a reflection on your parents. And what she meant was, don't go out there in the world and make me shame. You see what, you see what I'm saying? Like, don't do embarrassing stuff. Because I probably did that every day. Embarrassment was called Tuesday. You, you see what I'm saying? I went out there, bro. I was doing all kinds of stuff. Bro, I was down the beach with chicks and we was drinking out, you know, we was smoking weed, we was doing all kinds of stuff, smoking cigarette. And, you know, and my mom was at home, you know, because people would drive by the beach. But hey, we, we never know that, uh, like, hey, Junior was 18 already. Uh, he's not actually 18 yet. <laughs> uh, he's 14. What? 14? Bro, we seen him with this chick. He was smoking, drinking, right? You see what I'm saying? So my my mom, so my mom was beside herself. She's over here and she's over there. You, you see, and so she was. She would always tell me, "Children are a reflection of their parents." Okay. Well, when I grew up and I started studying and I started, you know, I had to apply myself, right? And so when I had to apply myself and learn all these kind of stuff, and you know, I had to study psychology, I had to study all these things, relationships, dynamics, and all this stuff, biorhythms, bro. You name it, I've been through it. Okay. And so, so then I discovered, right, that cells have memory. And because cells have memory, okay, you're not a reflection on your parents. You are an expression of your parents, okay, because cells have memory. Now, when you give birth to a baby, okay, that baby is part father and part mother, okay. Now, that, that just comes right down to the gene pool, okay, and you become reflections of Okay, or you can say expressions of, and expression is actually more um, uh, a responsible term. And the reason why is because you're not reflecting your parents. You're not out there doing things that you, you're not reflecting in that sense. You're you're an expression. It's like okay, you get you get you get Jill and and you get Jack, right? Jack and Jill, remember them? No, you know from the hill, remember them? Okay, so you get those two guys, right? You get Jack and Jill. Now they had on baby, okay? Now that baby is an expression of Jack and Jill, see? And then they go, then they marry, right? And then, then you get an expression of those two, and then those two, and then those. And pretty soon, it filters out, and something else filters in, Hawaiians, you see? And that's how the human species goes, okay? So that's what she really meant, right? And and here's what I learned from teaching. For 31 years, I've been teaching kids, okay? I don't need to know their parents. You know, nowadays, sometimes I teach kids, right? The parents who come up, right? I call the kids and we, we teach them online. I don't even, I don't even see the parents. I just see the kids. Sometimes I'm dealing with a, you know, seven, eight year old, right? I don't even meet the parents. I'm just with the kid right online. The parents are sitting right next to the kid, but I don't even see them. But they're right there, right? And I'm teaching the kid, right? So <laughs> pretty soon 
I can tell exactly who the parents are just by watching the kids. Okay, you know exactly who the parents are. Just, you know, when you see a kid and you go, oh, he's nothing like his father, right? Okay, or you go, oh, he's nothing like his parents. This kid is totally different. Okay, so that kid has purposely changed his course. That kid has has gotten educated, has went through some kind of transformation, right? Because we all do at a certain age. Well, not all of us. The ones that, that are, you know, worth, worth something, right? Because you gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta change at some point in your life and go, you know what? I'm tired of being an expression of my parents. I'm going to be me, right? But you got to find out what that is. And that's why I'm a life coach, Right? Because when I discovered it, bro, I discovered this back in my, my early 30s, right? I discovered it. Like, hey, there's something better here, right? So I had to, I had to make that adjustment, right? And so, so by, by telling you guys all of this, all I want you to do is think about it, right? Because I'm not speaking to the 60-year-olds in the house, the 70-year-olds in the house, okay? Because we get a couple uncles listening. And we get, we get a few aunties listening, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking to you 30-year-olds. I'm talking to you young guys. The 23 to, to 35-year-olds that's in our demographics. I'm talking to you, right? Because you got to start taking the steps. And the steps, okay, the question is, who am I? Second question, what's my purpose? Okay, who am I? What's my purpose? And, and take it from there, right? First, you got to discover who you are, okay? Now, when you look in the mirror, okay, when you look in the mirror, that's, that's totally not who you are. That's, that's a mirage right there. That's not who you are, okay? If you really want to see who you are when you look in the mirror, you got to look close and you got to look at your energy, okay? Because if you're looking at your arms, your legs, your, your fingers, your, okay, that's, that's deception right there. Those are the things that you use to pick up things, to walk from here to there. The, these, are the, these are the things that you use while you're on the planet because you have to, right? But when you die, you ain't taking it with you, right? It, when you die, it's like unzipping the suit, throwing the suit down on the ground and leaving. That's what it is. And your energy goes because your energy is eternal. We keep coming back to the planet and living over and over and over and over. Okay? And you're not going to remember the last life you had. Okay? Don't go to those guys that's telling you, okay, we're going to teach you past life regression. We're going to show you who you are. Never mind who you was. What's important is who you are now. What is important is this moment in time right now, right here, right this second. Okay, listening to the podcast, this is you. Learn that right now. Learn who you are and what your purpose is. When you find your purpose, go. And keep keep hitting your purpose, okay? Now, this, this does not include, you know, your curiosities. You know, like, oh, bro, it would be cool to, to go down the Alps, right, on skis <laughs> or whatever, right? Would be cool to climb Diamond Head. Ah, bro, it would be cool, you know, for, for go do that, do this, do that, do this, right? Okay, now, I'm not saying that you cannot have all these experiences. Because when I was a kid, bro, I wanted to be an entertainer, right? I was like, oh, entertainer, right? But my genes said, no, bro, you're going to teach, <laughs> you know? So eventually, I built a school, right? Eventually, But I built a school for my friend. I never built a school for me. Okay, I built a school for my friend. And then we had this other friend, right? And she she ran the office, 
and and my best friend, I built a school for him because he was blind and he needed something to do. I was busy doing my career. I was busy out, you know, doing my entertainment, radio, you know, all this television, all that kind of stuff. Okay. So so what I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it there for you guys. I'm gonna leave it right there for you guys because I'm gonna tell you guys a story, another story, a true story. What happened with me in manifesting? My, my journey towards entertainment and, and being the celebrity type guy, right? Okay, but the teaching guy was always there and, you know, always because I couldn't run away from my genes. I cannot run away from, from who I am, okay? And there's a lot of people today running away from who they are. And, and you know who they are. Is it you, right? Am I talking to you? Okay, and, and it's okay. But what you got to do is you got to take a whole little steering wheel Okay, and, and, and follow that, that GPS that is your life path. You got to follow that, okay, because some people are afraid of that. Some people go, no, 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 that's, that's not what I signed up for, okay? Because me, Hawaiians, I tell you right now, I did not sign up to be a teacher. I did not, right? And now I go, wow, you know, this is, this is my passion. This really is the thing because I've done this all along. And, it, yeah, you, so, I, so I started going, all right, well, if this is my purpose, God, you know, Father God, all right. So, so that's where I, that's where I am. See, but along the way, I was interested in a lot of things, right? And I thought, wow, it would be cool to to have my own record company, you know? So, boom, I built a record label. You know, go, wow, it would be really, really fun to be a high-powered business consultant, you know? So, boom, I built a consulting company, you know? And I'm, so, all these things that I think are cool, right? I started, I started building all these things. I'm a builder. Right, I looked up my numerology. He goes, oh, you're a builder. I'm like, oh, construction, right on. Okay, so I started constructing all these things, right? And and pretty soon, before you know it, we had a whole bunch. We had a family of service companies. You see, it wasn't that easy, Hawaiians. Okay, it's not that easy. It takes hours and hours and hours. And in the beginning, you're going to do them all wrong. In the beginning, you're going to get it wrong. Okay? And that's why I say nothing succeeds like failure. Okay? Mm-hmm. I used to work with this guy in radio. Like I said, he used to say it the other way because he saw these guys, massive success, and they ripped their lives to shreds after that, right? Now, here's the difference between the, the you know, getting there and staying there, okay? And I want, I want to address that before I tell you about one of my journeys, my television journey, okay? So, so I'm going to tell you this first, okay? If you get there early in life, <clears throat> wherever there is to you, okay? Like say you become famous, you're a famous singer early in life, okay? Sometimes you spend the rest of your life chasing that, okay? Because you, you get the success early, what happens? You see the the, uh, the, the kids that are, that are child TV stars, right? And they're, they're famous when they're young, right? 9, 10, 12 years old, 18 years old, right? And then what happens? Well, the show's done. But they're world famous, right? What happens in their adult life? Do they ever come back? And, you know, the percentage shows us that only a few, like a handful, like maybe two or three come back. I can think of Ron Howard, right? That came back, that tried some serious acting after he was a hit on Happy Days, Right, Mary, and he was he was he was the exception. He was on the Andy Griffith show as 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 Opie, right? Then he went to Happy Days. He, he made a comeback. He made a comeback in his in his twenties, 
right? And then he went on to direct films. They, so he took, he took that path, right? So he kept going. He was an exception. There's a lot of guys that was famous when they're kids, right? Then they grow up and what happened? Nothing, right? And then they, some of them committed suicide. Some of them went to drugs. Some of them, you know. So they had this little empire going on when they were a kid, right? Millions of dollars, right? Millions, right? As adults, they cannot handle. Why? Because they're not accepted anymore. Because cause they're not cool anymore. Because they're not the thing anymore. And they try to get it back. And they try and they try and they try. Okay? So, I've seen different variations of this. Right? I've, I've seen, you know, I was, I was around Hawaii's greatest star. Right? Uncle Don Ho. Right? I call him uncle out of respect. He's not, he's not related to me or anything like that. But, but see, I saw him get it. He had a hit song. Okay? I'm not going to get into the specifics of everything and the story and all of that. I'm just going to tell you he had one hit song, right? Locally, he had many popular songs, but nationally, worldwide, one hit song, okay? So you call that a one hit wonder, okay? Now, he had, he had locally, he had all kinds of stuff, right? Okay, but outside of Hawaii, just one, one song. But they chased that song, and they chased it with a number of songs that sounded like it because they were trying for number two, and that's what you do. You, you, you chase the, the success. You go, okay, we, we, we made something with this one. Okay, let's try pattern something after that and let's go for that. And that's, that's, that's marketing, right? So they, so they go, go. I saw them go, go, go. You know, and then pretty soon they just, they just relied on everything local. Okay. But, you know, while that, that one song was popular worldwide, tiny bubbles, right? Worldwide, all over the world. Okay. So that, that song, you know, there was there was a couple, there was two, three songs that they patterned after that. It never took, it never took, nothing happened, right? Now, a lot of these child stars, right? So they, they're young, right? The hardest thing is to stay there, okay? The best way to get to where you want to be is is the long road, okay? And my uncle told me this a long time, my, my real uncle told me this a long time ago. And he said, brah, he sat me down because these guys... There was these guys that wanted to produce me, right? I'm not going to mention names, right? But these guys wanted to produce me. And they was going to do a single. So my uncle sat me down one day and he said, bro, you know, this going to happen, that going to happen. He goes, you could do you could do this one of two ways. And he was right. He was actually right. <clears throat> he said, you could do this one of two ways. You, you can just, you know, let somebody produce you. Go, go for the ride, go have fun, whatever. He goes, when you finish with that ride, it's going to be like you won the lottery. And after that, you're in debt after that, you know, because you don't know what to do. You know what I mean? And you go, 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 go. And then all of a sudden, orphan. <laughs> you know, you see what I'm saying? Right? Like the, the child stars, right? Okay. And then you're going to end up owing money to all the, all the productions they did for you. You're going to owe money for all of that. Or number two, you can do them the second way. And this really bummed me out. Like I, I can tell you, Hawaiians, I lost sleep over this. Because on one hand, I had on contract ready, right? And and they, they go, yeah, we, you, they, were, they was thinking. They was talking. We was in the talking stages, right? And they said, bro, we, we will produce you. We, you get talent, bro. We're going to produce you, right? And I was thinking, okay. And my uncle said, the second way is you work your butt off. That's not what he said. He said you work your ass off. Right? We try not to swell because I get a couple 17-year-olds listening. Right? Okay, So he said, bro, you work all your life and you just go, 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 go and you work, 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 work and, and then at the end, 
towards the end, you know, your last nine yards of life, which is, you know, I don't know, retirement age, I don't know, whatever, right? I'm not there yet. I'm not at retirement age yet, Hawaiians. See? And he said, then, then, by that time, you live all your dreams. You accomplish everything you want to accomplish, and, and that's how you do it. And that, Hawaiians, hung me up for weeks and months. <laughs> I think a couple of years I was thinking about that. You know, I was thinking, damn. I turned, and I turned these guys down. I said, no, no, I, I, I cannot. And I left. I left Waikiki for a while. I left Waikiki. I stayed out of Waikiki for a little while. I left, right? And I was like, ah, you know, like, like, and these guys, the guys that wanted to produce me, they weren't, they weren't the top-notch guys. They weren't like the big dogs, right? They work for the big dogs. So they was going to bring me in. The big dogs was going to put up the money. And these guys was going to handle me. They was going to be my handlers. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? My producers, right? And and this bothered me. I lost sleep over it. Because I wanted to get there. And I wanted to get there yesterday. I wanted to be there, right? And then I saw the guys that, that they put there. In these positions, right? That was like my age, maybe a couple years older than me. And I saw these guys go for the ride. And I saw these guys get sponsored and, and produced and all of that. And I saw it and I go, whoa, these guys, awesome. You know, and everybody had the talent. That wasn't the thing. What made the difference was the money. What made the difference was the power that these guys had that were producing people to put people in the spotlight to put people you know and I saw a lot of collateral damage I saw a lot of damage you know I saw one group right these two brothers best music you ever heard best stuff you ever heard till today they don't talk till today they, they never got back okay not not even on a family level you see and sometimes the wage is that hard Hawaiians Sometimes the wedge goes that deep, okay? So, so yeah, I've seen a lot of stuff in my days. But what I'm telling you is there's two ways to do things, right? Okay, one, you can, you can let it happen for you and you can, you can let somebody do it for you. Number two, you work hard all your life. You do everything on your own. Now, with that being said, that doesn't mean you don't get help from people. I got help from plenty guys, okay? But the guys that really helped me significantly, I can count them on one hand. I can count them on one hand. Maybe, maybe I gotta go, maybe I gotta go one hand and half of the second hand. But that's how many fingers? Maybe about seven. You know, eight if I'm really stretching it and really being, you know, uh, realistic and, and including every little person. Maybe eight people. That's the only guys. But those guys had the cojones. Those guys had the, the inner strength to go. Yeah, yeah, we're going to help them. Yeah, whatever. And they looked at what I was doing and they go, oh, bro, that's all you like. I said, like, yeah, just like do that. Like, oh, come, come. Yeah, be on our TV show. Come, come on our radio show. Come, you know, go do this, do that. All right. Now, just think about that, okay? So before you young guys go jumping into something, okay, you guys got everything. You guys got digital this, that. You guys got technology. I had to do them the hard way. You guys have an easier road, okay? You guys have a much easier road. Get out there on that road and travel your road and, and do your own and make your own company. Make your own companies. Do your own. You know, I, I was always the guy that, that go, you know what? I don't like just one company because then I got to do one thing. I'm going to build a family of service companies. And that's exactly what I did. That's exactly what I have. But let me tell you, okay? 
if you're thinking about partying on a weekend, cancel. You want to talk cancel culture, Hawaiians? Yeah, you want to party on the weekends? Cancel. Okay? You you could talk to anybody that knows me. And you say, how many, how many, uh, excuse me, how many parties do we see Junior at? Yeah, how many parties you saw me at, Hawaiians? Right? How many clubs you see me hanging at? I mean, hang. Like, you know, you get regulars at one club, right? Okay, you find one club that I was on regular. And you tell me, okay, where was Junior? Because oh, I want to see that. Show me some pictures of where I was all the time, hanging out, okay? You don't hang out when you're building companies. You don't hang out when, you, when you're when carving out a life for yourself, Hawaiians. You don't live for the weekend. Cancel that, okay? You're talking cancel culture? Cancel that. Cancel hanging out. Cancel, okay, women, all right? That, you know, a lot of people go, oh, Junior, but you use plenty of chicks. Oh, bro, we've seen you with chicks. We chicks all over the place, right? Yeah, here's the formula for chicks, okay? 80% purpose, 20% chicks. When you start building, right? When you start building, it's probably going to be 90%, okay? 90% purpose, 10% chicks. That's it, okay? Women are not the main course, okay? You were not born, okay, for your life purpose to be somebody else's purpose. No, you were born for your life purpose, okay? So when you're working on your purpose, chicks will flock around you like moths to a light bulb, okay? And I'm just saying because this is the this is the evolutionary purpose, uh, evolutionary process, sorry, wrong word, okay? But I'm telling you guys, focus, young men, focus on your purpose. Never mind the chicks. The chicks will come, and when they come, enjoy. That's all I got to say. They come, enjoy. You find somebody you click with, maintain your purpose and make sure she understands. Make sure you have the balls to tell her, right, that, that, hey, my purpose is first, not you. You know, we'll put you second. Yes, I love you. We'll put you second, but my purpose is first, right? A lot of guys, right, they get drunk. They get drunk on, on, uh, <laughs> what, what can, what word can we use? Right. I, I don't know. Rocking us there. Uh, he, he, he left. <laughs> he caught me do the intro. He split, but <laughs> you do his work, you go home. Uh, but anyway, but, but what I'm saying is don't get drunk on women. Okay. Guys get intoxicated with women. Their thinking gets cloudy. What happens when your thinking gets cloudy, Heinz? <laughs> right? You're going to the altar, you say, I do. And you change your whole trip. You change everything. And then what? Then it becomes about her. Right? Then it's all her. She's my world. The sun rises and sets in her. Ah, oh, And then, and then you start feeding the divorce cards, right? That's what you do. Okay. All right. So stop it. Focus on your purpose. Mm-hmm. All right. With that said, that's just to make you think. Because I'm telling you, right? I coach, I life coach people whose marriages are on the verge of divorce court. They're ready for goal. She already talking divorce and they and they, they they hit me up, they email me, Junior. Oh man, what I gonna do? Right, what what can I do, dog? <laughs> I'm like, okay, let me show you what to do. And I have to tell them what to do. And in two weeks they turn it around and they go, you know what? She's actually responding. You know what? She's actually, you know, thank you, Junior. Thank you. My marriage. You know, so my my $175 a half hour fee, right? Compared to losing half of what he owns. In divorce court, right? Oh, bro, what? 
hundred one one seventy five. That's all you charge, yeah, bro. Right there, right there, right there. There, there, there you go. Boom. What can I do? And I tell them, and they change it, and they never show up in divorce court. Sometimes they start slipping again, right? And then they contact me again. They, hey, what, what, what was that you told me for do? Because I, I, I forgot. Because it's easy. It's easy to get caught up in habit. It's easy to go back to that, to default to that, right? Because it takes work. Relationships is work. Marriage is work. Everything is work, okay? Now, my work is my purpose, okay? So that's kind of different, right? Because I'm focused on my purpose, right? Women, that's, bah, they come, they come. They hear, they hear. They go, they go. I don't care, okay? I do not care, all right? So, so this is, you know, that's the, that's the life coaching part. So think about that. Okay, work it into your plan like that, and you will always be number one, attractive to women, number two, productive. Okay, and productive not just to yourself, not just filling up your bank account, but to society. Okay, you want to be a benefit to society. Don't try to be a, a person of success, be a person of value. Okay, because if you're a person of value, you're valuable to your society, you make a difference in society. If you have no value and you're just a success, then you're just something to look at. You're like a hood ornament. Everybody go, oh, uh, um, okay. Well, he's famous. Okay, uh, uh, he's famous. Uh, but what are you doing? What are you doing to better your community? You're just making money to join your bank or you, you're doing something in your community? See what I'm saying? All right. So just leave that there. Think about it. Now, my journey in television. There we go, Owens. <laughs> All right. My journey in television, right? Because when I was young, right? You see, watch wrestling. Right? Wrestling on TV. Mm-hmm. So, so I used to watch wrestling on TV. And I, I thought to myself, oh, when I grow up, right? Because I was 10 years old. And I, and I go, wow. When I grow up, I'm going to be a professional wrestler. Because I like, I like blood. I like punch guys in the head and make them bleed. And, you know, because that's what we taught when we was 10. And, you know, and me and my friend Richard, right? You know, you remember Richard. To the Republic for Richard Stans. Yeah, those are my friend. Uh, Richard from, from fifth grade. I remember one time we, for a class project, we did a uh, demonstration of wrestling. And my mom was, my mom kind of had it with me because, you know, I was running around the house talking like professional wrestlers and yelling and screaming at her. And so she, <laughs> I used to go, I know, for real, I used, to, I used to do these impressions of wrestlers and I was like, because I could do voices, right? And I did all this kind of stuff. And my mom had it, but. I thought to myself, that's all I'm going to do. So me and Richard, when we did all the kind, we did wrestling moves. We were demonstrating wrestling holes in fifth grade. And he was a small Filipino guy. Like, he was really small and light, right? And so at the end of the presentation, I picked him up to demonstrate a body slam. But I wasn't going to slam him. But I went pick him up over my head because he was small. He was tiny, right? And I was going to body slam. I was, I was just showing. Like, I wasn't going to body slam him. That was my friend, you know what I mean? And so I picked him up over my head. And my, my fifth grade teacher, she goes, no, 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 no. Right? She, was, she was losing it. She thought I was going to body slam Richard. Anyway, so, so that's what I thought I was going to be, right? As I got older in high school and whatever, I, I decided fighting wasn't my, my path, right? It was music. And I was like, from 13 years old, I go, okay, I go, I go be like Frank Sinatra. I go be like Dean Martin, Don Ho, Sam Kapoor, all these guys. I go be like that, right? Because my local heroes was Don Ho and Sam Kapoor. And so I started going library, buying records, doing all kinds of stuff, right? Listening to their music. And we never had YouTube. We never had, there wasn't on TV, you know, when I was 13. That happened later. When I was 16, they went on TV, 
right? And so, but all this stuff, right? So that was my goal, music. And then I, you know, I so then then my my creed was, I'm a lover, not a fighter, <laughs> right? You know, and so I said, okay, cancel the professional wrestling up. But I had him in the back of my mind, Owens. So I go, well, maybe if I cannot be the wrestler, maybe I can be the commentator. So I used to play commentator. And what was really funny was the guy I ended up on the radio with in the future, okay? Because we're talking, you know, I'm a teenager, right, thinking about these things. But the guy that I would meet in the future used to do the same thing I did as a kid because his sister told me. He goes, oh, you know the kind? He used to be in a bedroom, and his name was King Crab. <laughs> I was like, King Crab? And he goes, yeah, his name was King Crab. And he goes, this is King Crab coming to you live, you know. And, and I go, wow, that was kind of cool, right? Because he wouldn't tell me, right? And, and this is the guy that, that had the number two radio show, like, in Hawaii. And he put me on his show, right? And that's how I got, you know, that's how I got where I, where I, where I was with my name. And that's how, I, that's how I got into the position where I became what you call popular or famous. or where, It's not famous, it's popular. You know, and our show went worldwide. So, I, you know, fame is relative. Okay, popularity is relative. Uh, people that don't listen to radio don't give a damn about you. You see, you know, so it's relative, right? You know, people overuse that the rich and famous thing, right? Rich is good until you meet the guys from Saudi Arabia, and then you go, you know what? I'm poor. You, you see what I mean? It's all relative, right? So, but this guy did the same thing I did. So I thought, well, maybe I'm gonna be on wrestling commentator one day, or whatever. And I had him in the back filing cabinet, right? So one day, I'm working at this AM radio station, right? And these promoters come in, and they're wrestling promoters. And they came in, and they're starting up this wrestling promotion in Hawaii, right? And used to, they used to be a really good uh, promotion thing in, here in Hawaii. You guys can Google Ed Francis. He was the guy who started big-time wrestling uh, in Hawaii. And this was like back in the, in the 60s. And, and they brought wrestling to Hawaii. And that's the wrestling I saw growing up. Now, there is this Samoan, uh, these, these two Samoan people, okay? And one of them was The Rock's grandmother, Leah Maivia. Now, you know, just a little backstory. I knew her husband, Peter, when I was younger. When I was 17, I was living at, at this place called Central YMCA. And I was living at the Y and, you know, renting room. And he used to be, he used to train downstairs. And I used to, he was training this guy, Siva Afi. And so I used to go downstairs. I used to hang out with him. We used to eat plate lunch, smoke cigarette. We smoked the same brands of cigarette. You know, some days I would give him cigarette. He would bump cigarette from me. Some days I would bump cigarette from him. And he was a very humble, very uh, quiet, very friendly man. Nice guy. He was so nice to me, you know. And I think it's because I was a kid. You know what I mean? And so I got to know him real good, right? And then after that, you know, I never saw him for a while. I moved, I, I left, I, I, my, my, my life changed path. You know, I went over here, went over there. And so, so I, then I heard he died of lung cancer and I, I was very sad because he was, he, was a, he was a good buddy of mine, you know, like that was my buddy for, well, you know, when you're 17, you meet somebody famous, right? You go, oh, wow, that's my buddy, you know, and you hang out, right? You gravitate and you, and you, you talk story, you ask questions, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? And when you look back, you know, you go, oh, man, the kind of stupid questions I would ask or whatever, but they know, right? And he was a family man. Okay, now, fast forward. These guys walk in the, the station 
and I meet this this lady, Leah Maivia, and and she, you know, so we start talking, and this other guy, right, her business partner, and then you know, and we start talking every, and pretty soon, uh, they they liked what they what they heard of me on the radio, right. And they said, you know, uh, you can come down and, and uh, M, you know, just MC for us. Come down and announce a match. So I thought, whoa, yeah, announce a match. And this other guy, right? Uh, he was doing the he was doing the the afternoons. And uh, we're not gonna mention names, but he was an afternoon guy. I never saw him after after that job. I never saw him in radio in in Hawaii after that. But anyway, so he was. So we both went down. Okay, and to me, I thought, whoa, this is like an audition, boo. This is like you do good, they're going to invite you back. You know what I mean? And that's the way it was in entertainment in the old days. You do a good job, you come back. You suck, <laughs> it's the last time they're going to talk to you, right? So I went down, bro, I went and put, I went and put everything I had into that one introduction that they gave me, right? You know, and I, and I, bro, I put all my energy in that. I made it sound like we was in Madison Square Garden, Man, and you know, I overdid it. I really, I, I just, you know, but that, that's what I did. That was the first impression. All right, so you young kids, remember first impression, okay? If you don't do it the first time, if you half-ass it the first time, forget it. Okay, so I, so that's what I did. I was like, boom, floorboard, right? And guess what? They put me on a TV show every Saturday at 1 p.m. On KITV Channel 4, right? I was there. I was on TV. Yeah. I mean, it, it, for me, that was huge. I was 27 years old. I was 26. I was 26 years old, right? I was 26 years old on TV, 1 o'clock every afternoon, right? Bruh, at 26, you know, I had on small 13-inch black and white TV. That's all I had. And I, so I used to watch myself in black and white and the only other time, the only time I could watch in color, I used to go down Sears on Moana because I was poor, bro. I was poor. I went down Sears and I used to sit on the on the carpet and you know the in, where they had all the console TVs. Remember console TVs, the big and the kind, the oak cabinets kind. Yeah, so I used to sit right over there, and I used to watch myself on TV. I mean, bro, and kids used to come by. Kids used to come by and look at me. They look at the TV. They look at me. Look at. You know, it was really funny, bro. But that's what happened, you know. So, so I had on, I had on like, like for a few months because they went out of business after that. And, and, uh, bro, we went on one trip to Maui. Bro, one day I'm going to tell you, that's another podcast. <laughs> that's another podcast. They put one guy in the hospital and it was nonstop drama. Nonstop drama, bro. Let me tell you. And, and on the road driving until, I mean, bro, I was popping no dose. I was taking no dose. I was drinking coffee. I was, I was trying to stay up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but that's that's another podcast. <laughs> but you know, I got to live the dream, and this is the law of attraction. Cause I had that in the back of my head. Well, you know, I'm not big nor bad enough to be the wrestler. But okay, sometimes Hoines, it's your big fat butt. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. I've been there. I lived it. Okay. Sometimes it's a big fat butt. Okay. Maybe, maybe sometimes you go, you know, I want to be CEO of a company that does that. Right. But maybe, you know, maybe your big fat butt, uh, stops at manager. Maybe your big fat butt stops at district manager. 
Maybe it stops as an employee, right? But you get to do it. You get to experience it. You know what happens? Is sometimes you get to the gig, okay? And I'm talking any gig, any job. I say gig, right? We use that in entertainment. But you get to the gig, whatever it is. And then you look behind the curtain. You get a glimpse of what's behind the curtain. And you go, oh, no. <laughs> I don't want any part of this crap. And you change your, your course. You pivot. In entrepreneurship, we call this pivoting. So you go down this road. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, no, no, don't want to go there. And then you change because you see what's behind the curtain. Okay. When I was, when I was, you know, pursuing this entertainment career, 17 years old, right? I was studying at the show, the Don Ho show. I studied there because I didn't want to study some second rate kind of, you know what I'm saying? You know, and my mom always taught me, look, you, you want to, you want to learn from somebody. Go to the guys that know what they're doing. Don't follow somebody that doesn't know what he's talking about, right? And, and there are doers and talkers. In the world, two kinds of people, doers and talkers. That's it, right? The guys that do and they go, 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 okay? Fail, go, fail, go, fail, pick yourself up, go, fail, right? All of a sudden, you, you do that one thing, boom, success, okay? For me, that was that one radio show. After that, life changed. After that, the companies got built. After that, everything after that, boom, 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 after that, after that, after that, okay? Before that, no, try, fail, try, fail. Okay, now, now that being said, right, life didn't get easy because of the, the, the popularity and the spotlight. On the contrary, it got even harder, okay? It got even more difficult because, like, how are you going to top this now? How are you going to do that now? How are you going to make this popularity work for you? How are you going to turn this popularity into money in a bank? Okay, because I tell you right now, I know plenty of guys. Two guys just got let go from their popularity. Okay, none of them, not either one of them, took advantage of the popularity and built something solid for themselves. None of them. No, they just got let go. Boom. Okay, because you get so enamored with this, this thing called popularity right you stop planning you stop striving you stop you, you see what i'm saying yeah so 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 what's really important more than anything else right is when you start hitting and don hole taught me this okay when you when you start getting to to that point right the way he said it was like when somebody sees what you can do and they put you in a position because they're making money off of you you gotta figure out how you can make money off of that right and that's called diversification and that's so that's what i did right that, that's all i did right but that's what you do so the, here's the formula Hawaiians. i'm gonna give you the formula right now name fame diversity okay and this works for everything so name right your brand your brand so what what you got a t-shirt brand all right here you go name okay first the brand the fame make that brand popular okay you push that brand out and, and now it's popular, okay? We can use all kinds. You know, there's a lot of names that you guys in Hawaii maybe are, are familiar with or in the mainland familiar with, right? And you get that name going, right? Then what happens? Then it becomes popular, right? Then what happens after that? Like Oakley sunglasses, right? What after it's popular, what do they do? They make all kinds of stuff. Oakley backpacks, Oakley slippers, Oakley this, Oakley that, Oakley skateboards, Oakley, right? Okay, that's what I'm saying. 
Okay, name, fame, diversity. And this guy taught me this when, when I was in broadcasting school and he told me, bro, this is how you do it. Name, fame, diversity, right? Well, I never had the name until I got on that one door open. Then the name got out there. Then the name went boom, right? And then everything else. And that's how it works. Name, fame, diversity, always. That's how it is, okay? But anyway, that was my story about how the law of attraction works because I had that in my head. Commentator, commentator, commentator. All of a sudden, one day, I was like, hey, you know what? I'm at the Blaisdell announcing matches. The next thing I know is like, oh, brah, I'm interviewing wrestlers, right? And the next thing, the light bulb went off in my head. It goes, brah, you are Lord Tallyho Blairs, right? Google Lord Tallyho Blairs, B-L-E-A-R-S. And check them out, Hawaiians, because that's who I saw. That's, I, you know, when I knew I wasn't big nor bad enough, I go, well, maybe I can be Lord Blair's and then, you know, be like him and then interview. Oh, sorry. I got to go, Hawaiians. But, but yeah, yeah, I wouldn't leave them. <laughs> I wouldn't leave them, Hawaiians. Ah, man. And that's the law of attraction. All right. Hey, we want to say, we want to say mahalo to our sponsors, Island Club and Spa, Brother Randy, Sister Jerry, also to AFM Hawaii Music. Brother Darren Chinen, he's all over the place on iTunes. He's got several projects up there. Oh, man. Hey, we want to say thank you to the Voice Master family of service companies. And uh, mahalo you for being a listener right here on the podcast. we we'll see you on the next episode. I'm Junior Kekoweba Jr. Mahalo. Mahalo.